Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and superb way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, in line at the supermarket, going to the bank, or even walking your dog. Oh yeah. I'm joined here in the Barcelona studio, actually at Andrea's flat, you would call it by the lovely Andrea. How's it going? I'm great, thank you. So this is my flat, but what would you call it? <laughs> I'd call it an apartment. Exactly, yeah. I don't know why we say flat uh, in the UK, but it's an interesting difference there of our vocabulary, even though yeah. we speak the same language. You'd say like a block of flats, right, is the term? We do, yeah. We'd say, I believe, an apartment block. I don't know what an American would think if you said, you know, a block of flats. It sounds like something like something very strange. Yeah, I think maybe they'd be a bit confused by that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd think like the, I believe there's a type of shoe called the flat, right? Ah, uh, yeah, flat. <laughs> like with a, it's like a heel, but without the heel. Yeah. A high heel. Yeah. So anyway, today we're not talking about fashion, nor are we talking about British and American English. We are talking about some very common phrases that natives of both the UK and the United States use all the time that you can incorporate into your everyday English vocabulary and that will help you to feel more confident and a little bit more like a native when you speak. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit, but first we want to give a shout out to a special real life listener out there. So do you want to share today's shout out, Andrea? Sure. So today's shout out comes from Saori, Saori Ito from Japan, and it's a five star review and the title is amazing with lots of exclamation marks. <laughs> All real life English series help my knowledge of English a lot. I've been listening to this podcast for two weeks every day when my ears are free. So yesterday when I had a conversation with my neighbor, I said, yeah, I can't agree more. Like Ethan, I used it abruptly. It's amazing, isn't it? I can't stop listening to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that is a fantastic five-star review, Sauri. And if you want us to shout you out, all you have to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us and leave us a five-star review. And of course, this also helps other learners from all around the world, just like you, Sauri, to find our podcast and learn with us. And it's really great to hear that also, Sauri, from you that listening to our podcast is helping you to be more spontaneous when you speak English. I definitely have noticed this a lot too with my language learning that uh, listening to things and reading books is just like a, such a great way to kind of naturally be putting your brain into different, uh, to learn new things. So definitely if you want to kind of like submerse yourself and to speak more naturally, it's great to listen to our podcast, to other podcasts, to read and to do things that you love in English. So now let's roll into today's quote. So today's quote is from someone who we're a big fan of, Ellen DeGeneres, and she says, never follow anyone else's path unless you're in the woods and you're lost and you see a path, then by all means, follow that path. Mm-hmm. So this is quite humorous if you didn't catch that. What exactly does she mean, first of all, by never follow in anyone else's path? So she's saying that everybody's journey is different and you need to follow your own path in life. You can apply it to many different things, but she's saying that, you know, you need to have your own journey, you need to follow your own path and not copy other people or follow someone else's because maybe that's not the right one for you. 
Exactly. And I think for English learners, this can be very common. We kind of talked about in the last podcast about seven things not to do in speaking English. One of the things was comparing yourself to other learners. So obviously the problem here is that, you know, if you see someone else who is uh, from your same country and they speak English much better than you and you compare yourself and you let that just get you demotivated, then, you know, obviously you're not going to be successful. But if you can recognize, okay, that person has their path, I have my path, and I just need to focus on what I need to do so that I can, you know, make progress on my own journey. And basically the humor here in this quote from Ellen DeGeneres is taking the figurative use of path, so following in someone's path, or we might say following in someone's footsteps, that you're kind of doing the same things that that person is doing. Um, and then the literal thing of following a path, like when you're in the woods, what is the woods? So the woods it could be like a forest, uh, a large area where there's lots of trees and just big green open space. Mm -hmm. And is woods the word that you would usually say for this? Yeah, in the UK we would say woods, and you hear it a lot in fairy tales, I suppose, don't you? Like mm -hmm. Little Red Riding Hood. Hands on Gretel. Yeah. And for me it's quite funny because I think of it in that way, that it's like woods is like a fairy tale and it would be more like British English. So it's quite mm -hmm. funny that Ellen DeGeneres used it here. We'd probably say more forest, okay. like the redwood forest in the United States. Okay. Uh, so basically, the humor here, like I was saying, is that it's between the figurative of falling in someone's footsteps and the literal, that if you are lost in the woods, you better follow the path. So if you enjoy Ellen DeGeneres, she's a very funny comedian, and we have many lessons with her over on our Learning with TV channel on YouTube. So if you want to learn and laugh, that's a great place to start. And in the show notes of this lesson, we will be sure to link a playlist of our lessons with Ellen. So that said, we're going to talk about 15 everyday expressions in English that you can start using right now. All right, Andrea, do you want to share the first expression that we have on our list? Sure. So the first one is never say never. And this one is a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually, um, because it's telling you never to say never, but you kind of do. You're using never twice just to say yeah. <laughs> So what does this kind of paradoxical expression mean, Andrea? So, for example, if you were to ask me, so you live in Barcelona, do you ever see yourself moving back to London? And I might say, well, I really love living in Barcelona, but never say never. Mm -hmm. So it means that, you know, I'm very happy where I am right now and I don't see myself moving back to London, but you never know what's going to happen. So you say never say never to kind of dispel any doubt um, or changes that might happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of to just show that you don't know what could happen in the future and you're open to possibilities. But uh, I think like kind of the example that you gave is perfect. It's definitely one that I would say the same when people ask me, do I see myself living anywhere else? Mm -hmm. I would probably say exactly the same thing. So yeah. never say never. And what is the next one? The next one is at the end of the day. At the end of the day, at sunset. Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this one is like when you're having a conversation with someone and maybe you're giving them advice or you kind of want to summarize uh, what you've been talking about, you would then start your sentence with, at the end of the day. So for example, you might say, at the end of the day, if you're not happy in your job, you maybe need to look at other possibilities. Mm -hmm. 
That is a perfect example. And at the end of the day, if you aren't learning English, then you should start listening to the Real Life English podcast. Exactly. That's an even <laughs> better example. So what is number three? Number three is, it is what it is. And an American might say, it is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we have that American tea. It is yeah. what it is. And what exactly does it mean? It's kind of when you're in a situation that's maybe not ideal, but you have come to terms with the fact and that maybe you can't change it. Mm -hmm. So if something has gone wrong, you might say it is what it is. You know, now we've got to move on or let's try and see how we can rectify the situation or try something else. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of similar to you were saying, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not happy in, in your job, maybe it is what it is. Maybe you don't have any other options. It's just... Exactly. It's just the reality of things. Yeah. And next we have, don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Mm. Now, what does this mean? So when you think of this expression, who do you imagine saying it? Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Is there... <laughs> I think like, I don't know, I almost think of like a college student or something. Oh. Okay. Or a parent, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> More like a parent, um, you know, if someone's on their way out or something and your parent says, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And they're basically telling you to behave, to be sensible and not get up to mischief. Did your mother tell you this a lot when you were growing up? No, not really, actually. <laughs> I think I probably just maybe heard it with... Um, in movies or in TV series more so, you know, for comedic value, it's quite mm -hmm. funny. So you were quite well behaved? Yeah, I was. And what does it mean if you're well behaved? If you're well behaved, it means you don't really get into trouble or get mm -hmm. into bad situations. Exactly. So if you are wanting to teach English to your children, this can be a really great expression to use. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. You can also use this kind of, I think, like with your friends jokingly, right? To kind of be like, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah. Like, Have fun. So the next one is quite funny. We say, I'd like to pick your brain. Now, this sounds like it's talking about a zombie, right? Yeah, zombie or like to do with some sort of brain surgery or something. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not to do with that, no. So when we say to pick your brain, what exactly does that mean to pick? We might say also... You pick your nose. <laughs> yeah, so if someone picks their nose, that means that they're actually going up through the nostril, you know, <laughs> to clean out their nose or something. Um, but pick your brain is more if you want some information that someone might have or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're knowledgeable in a specific area. Um, for example, if I wanted to ask you something about a particular area of teaching that mm -hmm. I wasn't sure about, I would say, oh, I'd like to pick your brain on this topic mm -hmm. um, because in your brain you have all this information <laughs> and I want access to it. Exactly. Uh, this is a really great one too, I think. I've used it a lot when kind of like seeking mentors, for example, or someone who I was trying to get advice from, that even just like writing an email to have it be kind of just semi-formal, you might say like, I'd like to pick your brain about so-and-so. It's like a really nice way to request that you want to learn more about uh, something from someone who knows more about it than you. So this one can be really useful in a variety of situations. Uh, and it also reminds me of an expression that's not on this list that my, my mother used to say is that you can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' noses. 
Oh, no. okay. That's interesting. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Was I it just your mom? Or I don't know it? if that's just my mom. I can't imagine she, she invented that. Ah. But basically that means that, you know, if you want to, you can pick your nose. You can stick your finger in your nose. You can, of course, pick your friends. That's like you choose your friends. So it's a different definition of pick. But you can't pick your friends' noses. I suppose you probably could, but they might not be your friends anymore. Okay. Oh, I haven't heard that before. It's <laughs> good, another good one to use with your kids. Wouldn't it be great if there were some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real-life Native Immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real Native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod. That's P-O-D to sign up. Now let's get back to today's podcast lesson. So the next one is kind of similar because it's relating to the brain or the mind. What is it? So you could say, I can't think of it off the top of my head or mm -hmm. I don't know off the top of my head right mm -hmm. now. So how would you describe that one? So if you say that something off the top of your head, that means like you don't know it in this moment. It's mm -hmm. kind of like if someone asks you kind of like, do you have plans this weekend? You could say like off the top of my head, I'm not so sure, but let me check my agenda and get back to you. It's kind of just to show that you don't actually have that information in your head and you have to look elsewhere. You have to search for more information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes when maybe someone asks you for a definition of the word, or I know sometimes someone said, oh, how do you say this in Greek? <laughs> and sometimes spontaneously, you can't think of it off mm -hmm. the top of your head. Exactly. And you would have to go and check it, or you could rack your brain, mm -hmm. which means to really think hard and search in your brain for what the definition or the word is, um, or you can just go and search it. Mm-hmm. And would you also say like top of mind, something is top of mind? No, I haven't heard that one. It's kind of, I think that's another way you can say that something is on your mind. It's like, so for example, right now the COVID virus is, is on top of everyone's mind. So like everyone is mm. thinking about that subject. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So very similar expressions, different. So you got, actually got three in one there. You got yeah. top of my head, top of mind and rack your brain. So the next one. We're going from head to toes. What is it? Keep them on their toes. Okay. What does it mean if you keep someone on their toes? Are they dancing ballet? <laughs> They're not dancing ballet, no. If you keep someone on their toes, it means that you keep them waiting and waiting in anticipation for something, maybe. Mm -hmm. So actually, we are going to have a bonus expression after this lesson that you can go check out on our Instagram, which is at reallife.english. And so we are going to actually keep you on your toes as to which expression that's going to be. That's a really good way of explaining that one, Ethan. Yeah, so we'll leave you waiting um, until you can hear that bonus expression. <laughs> it's kind of similar, that expression as well, to say that you're on the edge of your seat, right? Oh yeah, that's, um, that's another way of saying it really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think of that always kind of more like when you're watching a movie, for example, like you're on the edge of your seat to see what's ha gonna happen. Yeah. 
Okay, so what is number eight? We're about halfway through these. Number eight is you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. So what exactly does that mean? So for example, if you've bought a piece of furniture that maybe after a few weeks has broken, mm -hmm. um, but you didn't pay a lot of money for it, you might say, oh, well, you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So you'd, you wouldn't expect it to last a really long time. Maybe you'd be a bit annoyed if it only lasted a few weeks. Mm -hmm. But um, you, you wouldn't be completely surprised that it didn't last very long because it was cheap. Yeah. You almost like hear, it's like another one you might hear like parents or like someone to give you advice, you know, to, you know, not cheap out on something, which mm -hmm. means, you know, to spend more money on something. Because like you get what you pay for, you better spend more money. You better go for the more expensive thing because it will last you longer in general. Mm -hmm. um, so you could say also for a lot of, English teachers out there that are promising that you'll get fluent and you know that it's just a really unbelievably cheap price, you'll probably get what you pay for, which means that you're probably not going to see it helping you very much with your fluency. Definitely, yeah. All right, so number nine, we're going back to the feet. <laughs> <laughs> so number nine is put yourself in my shoes, or you could say put yourself in his shoes or her shoes. Mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. So this is a really great one for English learners because, you know, usually most of you out there, if you're learning English, it's because you want to be able to communicate with people from other countries, from other cultures. So you, as an English learner, you really have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes to understand their perspective before you judge them. Because, you know, people tend to have a different way of thinking than you do. And the same that you're going to hope that other people will put themselves in your shoes, you know, as someone who's like learning the language, who's not so accustomed to the culture, and they'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's a really great expression for when you want people to empathize with you a bit more and understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from. Exactly. So we might also say similarly, like, w you don't really know someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Ah, yeah. So that means basically the same thing, right? But it's kind of a more extensive use mm -hmm. of the, the expression. Yeah. So number 10, do you want to share that one, Andrea? Sure. So number 10, I have a lot on my plate. Ooh, you have a lot on your plate. Do you have a lot on your plate right now? Well, I could probably have a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I would say I have a fair amount. I wouldn't go as far to say I have a lot on my plate to the extent where I'm stressed. Uh -huh. So does that just mean that like you're really hungry? No, it's got nothing to do with <laughs> hunger. If you have a lot on your plate, it means that you're really busy. You're really stressed out with the amount of things you have to do, whether it's at work or at home. Um, you know, you're trying to juggle many different things and it's becoming really stressful. Ooh, juggle, what does that mean, to juggle things? Well, yeah, that's, a, um, that's interesting because it doesn't actually mean to juggle like a, a clown or a jester. But um, if you're juggling many different things, it means that you're trying to do lots of things and it's becoming very difficult. Mm -hmm. So... Like you were kind of saying, like uh, people know this with like maybe like a clown or a jester or a performer that like they'll be throwing three balls in the air and like catching them in kind of like a circle. So uh, that's literally, and then you can use that very similarly to have a lot on your plate. So yeah. if you have a lot on your plate. So next time that you want to say that you're busy, instead of saying that you're busy, why not try saying, I have a lot on my plate right now. Yeah, especially if someone asks you to do something and you really don't have the time, mm -hmm. you could just say to them, I have a lot on my plate and I can't right now. Mm -hmm. And of course, since Americans and Brits are very polite, you better say, I'm so sorry, I have a lot on my plate right now. Yeah. <laughs>
So what is number 11, Andrea? I love this one because you could just really picture it in your head. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this one is like a deer in headlights. And have you ever actually had the experience of seeing a deer in headlights? I haven't, no, have you? Yeah, it oh. happens because in, in Colorado at least, yeah. in especially in my part of Colorado, it's like a smaller town and everything, that's, it's quite often that you, that you see like deer and everything. And I've had probably at least, I don't know, two or three times in my life where it's like, you know, it's been that hard break in the car to not try not to hit a deer. And you see that look on their face that they, they think it's all over. Oh, wow. So when that happens, Deer generally, their eyes dilate, right? Their eyes get really big and because they, they have like this rush of adrenaline. So mm-hmm. basically we say kind of the same thing that you're like a deer in the headlights. It's like you you have this look on your face like you're, you're paralyzed, right? Yeah, you're paralyzed with fear. So you're really, really scared. Mm-hmm. So I might give you some information or something that is frightening. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, oh, what's wrong, Ethan? You look like a deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's like really good to use with other people when they have like this expression of shock on their face or yeah. uh, paralysis. You can say like, what's the matter? You look like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. So that's a really fantastic one. Uh, and the next one, we have another animal. Number 12 is a little birdie told me. Yeah. So what does that mean? A little birdie told you something. So it means that you've heard from someone or you've heard around um, some information maybe mm-hmm. about someone you know maybe something that you you shouldn't have known tends to be usually maybe if someone's been gossiping mm-hmm. um, so you might say oh a little birdie told me that you are moving to another country for mm-hmm. example but the person you're speaking to hasn't actually told you it's come from somewhere else or someone else mm-hmm. we might say also I heard through the grapevine do you yeah. have that expression? Yeah. There's a song as well, isn't there? Mm-hmm. A famous song. There is. I think there's a couple. I think like uh, Adele semi-recently also did like a song that had something to do with that. Okay. So any Adele fans out there. Yeah. So number 13, long time no see. Mm-hmm. So when would we use this one? So we use this one when we haven't seen someone for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And obviously grammatically it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> But it is a really common expression that you would say to someone that you haven't seen in a long time, you know, when you're reunited. Exactly. So this one is horrible grammatically, but Mm -hmm. natives use it all the time. All right. So number 14 is sleep on it. What does that mean? So maybe if someone tells you some information or asks you to do something or to make a decision and you know you really can't make that decision in that moment they might give you a bit of time or they'll say sleep on it and that will mean you know think about it and we can talk about it again tomorrow Mm -hmm. exactly so it's like sometimes really you can think a lot better when you've had a good night's sleep so that's kind of where this expression comes from is that sometimes you don't want to make a decision right away you better sleep on it and then we'll talk about it in the morning yeah and finally number 15 say it was like pulling teeth Mm. (laughs) this is a very descriptive one i'm guessing maybe people can imagine what it might mean but it sounds like you have to go to the dentist and get some teeth pulled Mm. so what does this mean it actually makes my teeth hurt thinking about (laughs) it about pulling teeth do you have fear of the dentist i don't really know but i've never had to have any extensive work done at the dentist so maybe that's why Um, but it's not to do with going to the dentist or anything like that Um, If something was like pulling teeth, it just means that it was really difficult. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, so like maybe you had a work meeting that just didn't really go the way you wanted it to and you know it didn't really you didn't really make any progress in it and you could say oh it was like pulling teeth Mm -hmm. i'm sure sometimes learning english can feel like pulling teeth like you have those days uh i definitely notice like speaking catalan or spanish here it's like sometimes i have those days where it's like pulling teeth it's like it just doesn't come out Mm -hmm. and like i have other days where it's just like you know i feel like a native like it's just so natural so you'll have days learning English that feels like you're pulling teeth and you have other days that you know are we might say are a breeze yeah are really easy right yeah that's a that's another bonus one that's another bonus one but we have another really great one that you can start using in your everyday English but if you want to hear that one and you want to learn what it means then you're going to have to head over to our Instagram at reallife.english and be sure to follow us while you're there to get more great English learning tips so That's all we have for you today. It's hopefully a short and sweet podcast where you've gotten some valuable vocabulary, some valuable expressions that you can start using right away. And we'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. Ah, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all of the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, music, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.